0: All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Rob the Genius podcast. It is Black Friday as I'm recording this introduction, which means the show is late this week. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you know, hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Mine was, you know, kind of, it was low key or small scale or whatever the right word is. And, um, look. I had this was first Thanksgiving since Dad passed away, of course, um, and uh, well, you know, I, you know, if, well, if you're a regular listener, y'all know that you know a few weeks ago I had a bit of a moment there, you know, um, and um, well. I had a little, little bit of one driving home yesterday. To be honest, um, you know, I, it was basically a microcosm of what I had talked about before. Like I had gone the whole day, not even barely thinking about, you know, this is the first Thanksgiving since Dad passed away. You know, got over to my mom's house, ate dinner, everything, you know. And then in the car on the way home, it it it, it just kind of hit me, and you know the old joke about well he gonna cry in the car. Well, I was crying in the car, <laughs> you know. Um, but those of y'all who've been there, you know, you know how it is. Um, and if you hear the music playing in the background, that's third base. Words of wisdom, and. I forgot to turn, like, I forgot to, to stop the music before I started recording, so here's the hoping that the copyright police come, don't come for me, but anyway, um, look, this is, look, just another one of those holidays that's tough for a lot of people, so if it's a tough day for you, I hope you made it through all right, and for those of you, for you know, where it's all good times and everything, hope y'all had good times. Hope everything went cool. I Hope everybody got home safely and all that good stuff. And um, look, I'm thankful for all you guys who listen to these episodes, whether it's six of you or 10 of you or 20 of you sometimes, you know, or more. Um, this, this thing has been cathartic in many kind of ways. And it wouldn't be without you guys. And well, I got a few different subjects here. And um, man, look, I recorded a bunch of stuff. I recorded a few segments and they were well, kinda, you know, bad current events kind of stuff, you know, Kyle Ridden House and that was one thing, um. And I was on the fence whether not to keep them all in or just dump them, and you know. But I kept them in, so. And I watched over and I recorded all of them before the verdict was announced in the uh, Ahmaud Aubrey murder. And those guys, all three of them were found guilty. Thank God. Um, you know, well, sending, sentencing will be, it is what it is. But getting the conviction was important. And we're not celebrating, but just when things like that happened, look, there was a time where those guys would have skated. All right. So at least... In 2021, there is a pathway to getting a conviction and that type of thing. And thank God for the prosecutor who did a great job and thank God that somebody had the video. So at this point, just heart goes out and prayers go out to the Arbery family. They miss him. The verdict doesn't bring him back. And, um, really that's, you know, that's about all to go on there. Um, y'all don't need me pontificating for another 10 minutes about that, day, but we are going to pontificate about some other things. <laughs> so why don't we get to those now? Uh, before we get to the most serious stuff. All right. Um, it was, it was GameStop situation this week. Or a situation that ended up not being one. All right, so I went to GameStop to return some stuff and buy some stuff. And I saw them, they had some boxes of PS5s. And I was like, oh, y'all got them PS5s? Y'all go ahead and them? And the guy said, yeah, be here at 5 o'clock. You know, you come here at 5 o'clock when we open. Which meant like 5 o'clock, like Black Friday, 5 o'clock. Which. Okay, comes Black. I don't do Black Friday, or I usually go later in the day, after all the crazy people are gone home, gone back to bed. But no, normally I don't do Black Friday. Okay, in my world, Black Friday is every Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Sure as heck ain't for camping out outside no stores and. You know, fighting people like I'm in the Royal Rumble or something, okay? That, my friend, friends, is not going to happen ever. But those of you who did brave the craziness of Black Friday, I hope you found something, all right, You know, I, I should I should have queued up the 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 Denzel Washington Jamie Foxx clip where he was like, "I'm going home with something." But you know, too late for that. But (laughs) so look to those of you who did it, I hope you were successful. And to those of you who are ain't about that life, like me, hopefully we'll still find what we're looking for before Christmas. (laughs) But man, look, look, nah I just I can't can't do it. Nope. No, 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 no. No Black Friday sales for me. Unless it's online. Which I don't know. Anyhow, but look, my prospects on getting a PS Five are probably looking like maybe next year. You know, it is what it is. Oil. Well, or maybe I might have to come to your house with Ski Man's going How about that. <laughs> no, nah, no, of course I would. I would never do such a thing. Trust, I'm too much of a I'm too chicken to even try. You're kidding me. But anyway, look. Who, um, <laughs> buddy? No, that dude said five o'clock, and I and I was like, okay, five o'clock, okay. You know, acting as if, you know, I was going to be there, and and, no good. Well, I was lying to myself. So we're going to try to get a PS Five for Christmas. If we don't, we will get it next year, and you know, it is what it is. And yeah, I <laughs> guess we got to start the other Christmas shopping though, right? I mean, people are expecting some things. <laughs> if you want to help buy me a new coffee maker? I'd, I'd really enjoy that. And um, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, whatever, right? <laughs> Black Friday. Um, yeah. Black Friday for thee, but not for me. And that's all there is to it. (laughs) Anyhow, let's move on. All right, I'm going to play a little something here for you. Um, This is James Baldwin. Uh, One of the great writers, thinkers in American history. And I'm going to play this for you because this very much sums up the part of the Experience of being a black man or black per- man or woman in this country. So I'm, I'm going to give it to you here.
1: On color or in religion or this, there are other ways of connecting men. I'll tell you this: when I left this country in 1948, I left this country for one reason only. One reason. I didn't care where I went. I might have gone to Hong Kong. I might have gone to Timbuktu. I ended up in Paris on the streets of Paris with forty dollars in my pocket on the theory that nothing worse could happen to me there than it already happened to me here. You talk about making it as a writer by yourself, you had to be able then to turn up all the intent of which you live because once you turn your back on this society, you may die. You may die. And it's very hard to sit as a typewriter and concentrate on that if you're afraid of the world around you. The years I lived in Paris did one thing for me. They released me from that particular social terror, which was not the paranoia of my own mind, but a real social danger, visible in the face of every cop, every boss, everybody. I don't know what most white people in this country feel, but I can only include what they feel from the state of their institutions. I don't know if white Christians hate Negroes or not, but I know that we have a Christian church which is white, and a Christian church which is is black. I know, as Malcolm X once put it, that the most segregated hour in American life is high noon on Sunday. That's a great deal for me about a Christian nation. It means that I can't afford to trust most white Christians and certainly cannot trust the Christian church. I don't know whether the labor unions and their bosses really hate me. That doesn't matter, but I know I'm not in their unions. I don't know if the real estate lobby is anything against black people, but I know the real estate lobbies keep me in the ghetto. I don't know if if the Board of Education hates black people, but I know the textbooks that give my children to read and the schools that we have to go to. Now, this is the evidence. You want me to make an act of faith, risking myself, my wife, my woman, my sister, my children, on some idealism which you assure me exists in America, which I have never seen.
0: Okay, so that was a lot. Um, But it was right then, and in a lot of ways it's right now. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with James Baldwin, uh, he was a black man, grew up in America, and ultimately left. Left and he went to Paris, like he explained. And basically he left because the short version is he was tired of the bullshit. And he left and he went to Paris. And And he said he had $40 in his pocket. And he felt that whatever peril he may have been in Going to Paris with $40 to his name was not worse than what he faced here. Yeah, he referenced the police and bosses and things like that. And then, yeah. And, you know, he went on to some broader things that, that I've talked about here that... he mentioned you know the church now the church is segregated it is <clears throat> i mean there are some integrated churches but it is very rare to find an integrated church that actually tackles the issue of racism head-on and gives us the platform to be open and honest and where, you know, the white people have to sit there and, and eat it, basically, right? Um, you mentioned the labor unions. I mean, the labor movement in this country has long been a segregated thing, where, you know, the officers are all white, the rank and file who, who get the most to say are white, are mostly white, and... You know, there was a time where they wouldn't even let us join. And now we can join. You know, it's not better than it was before, but, you know... Good luck being taken seriously. Um, You mentioned the real estate agents. You know, keep us in the ghetto. Which, yeah, that's true today. It's true today that... You know, know, if you don't make an, an issue to be, you know, shown certain houses in certain places. You will be shown, you know, houses or apartments or whatever, you will be shown those in the places that, you know, the black people live. Right? That happens today. And, you know, and also if you, you know, try to move into the, you know, a neighborhood that is, you know, not known for us being there, you know, your loan application may not get approved. Or, you know, the type of loan that they'll give you might be just not a good one. And to the point where you're just like, man, I ain't ain't worth all that. All right. Um... Or, you know, some of these neighborhood associations, you know, people will get, like, shoot angry, to borrow a wrestling term, that somebody sold their house to you. Okay? That happens today. Now you talk about the textbooks. Now, we're having a fight in 2021 in some districts over whether or not... You should teach like the actual history of this country because so much, you know, because some people are afraid, or or they well, or they've always wanted to strip out any mentions of racism in the history of this country because they think it's just oh, this, it's this terrible thing to tell the children that you know that there was so much racism in the founding of this country, right? So we're having a fight today over that. Um, and like he was saying, you know, he was saying, look, I don't know what these people actually feel or what they believe or whether they actually hate me, but, you know, but I know what they do. And that's where we get into, you know, polite racism versus overt racism, right? Um, that's where we get into well-intentioned white people. And how they can sometimes be just as bad. Or I should say, you end up with the same results. Right? You may not want to, you know, string me up by a tree. But if you move out the neighborhood and I move in, you know, that's saying something about you. If you know my kids start going to the same public school as yours and now you magically want to send your kids to private school that like you start thinking about moving then I mean unless there are times where you know it's legit and there are you know there's an explanation that can be made or had but in a lot of these cases there isn't one if you don't have a real reason, then what are we doing? Right? If you're, you know, if you're moving across the state, and you know, doubling your commute time to work, and you know, doubling the amount of time that you're away from your family, and you know, doubling the distance that you're away from your other friends and family, and, and you know, you, you know just inconveniencing yourself in every way imaginable. <laughs> um, and you're doing it after me and some more people like me move into your neighborhood. I got to ask just what's going on here? Right? And I got to, you know, again, it's motives versus practices. Right? You may mean no ill will towards me as a person, but you, you know, but you are constantly segregating yourself from me. Then that tells me that you got issue with me. And if I got, if if, if there isn't anything specific that I've done to you, then I got to ask, well, what is your issue exactly? And given the history. And all here. If I got to error on one side or the other. Well. To assume the worst. Is is a survival tactic for us. Because if you assume the other. If you, you assume too far in the other direction. You can literally end up dead. So my question I would pose to you is that. know why is it a better idea for us to assume the worst about you right If, if that's because if I'm better off assuming that you are prejudiced or assuming you know if not flat out racist but if I'm better off assuming that you are prejudiced and that you would segregate yourself from me before you would hang around right if I'm better off assuming that that shouldn't make you feel good, right, um, that should make you feel like, you know, again, not very good, it should make you wonder, like, you know, what exactly are we doing that makes these folks feel that way, and what exactly are we doing that makes it the more intelligent way to look at things, right, if, If the smarter play is for me to assume that, you know, you might you're going to stick a knife in me because I'm black. If that's the smarter play, then I don't know. I mean, it comes a point where I think you got to look at yourself and wonder, man, it is the you know he's right to feel that way, and. And, you know, and you got to wonder why, you know, well, why is that the smarter play? What are we doing that makes that the smarter play for him? And that's where the disconnect is, right? Um, I mean, we can get y'all to say, oh, that's a shame, right? You know, we, we can get y'all to do that. <laughs> but the hard part is getting y'all to see just what it is you may or may not be doing that makes it justified for us to feel the way we do about a lot of things when it comes to you guys and by you guys I do mean white people All right, I know I've been going on for here for a while so you may have (laughs) we may have lost the plot there a little bit but um, well and I should you know of course put in the disclaimer those of you who care because some of y'all don't (laughs) Right, some of y'all segregate yourselves because you don't like us and that's all there is to it so for those of you who are not that for those of you who do like us or don't have a problem with us at least but you look around and you find yourself living in an all white neighborhood you know stop and think about you know well you're going to have to think about you know, what you may or may not have done to end up there. The decisions you've made, you know, that type of thing. Right? And it ends up to you to decide whether you want to do things differently. Right? I mean... An example I almost always use. Because it's, it's, it's the easiest one. It is the simple one. And, and it's... If a few of us move into your neighborhood, don't leave, right? That's a choice that you have, right? You have a choice to not leave. And you particularly have a choice to not leave, even as some of your fellow white people may be moving, right? Um, you need to sit there and, and you need to ask yourself, Okay, well, these folks are all moving. Is there a real reason for me to move? Right? You know, and if it's, all oh, well, the schools are getting bad. Are they really? Or are you just believing that? Or well, the neighborhood's getting bad. Is it really? Or are you be- just believing that? And if, you, if you're so quick to believe those things, you got to ask yourself, why? But right? I mean, that's what we need y'all to do. Or do more of if you're already doing it. Because there are some things that are just par for the course. You know, things that are just kind of automatic behavior, it seems. And you need to sit down, and you need to unpack just, well, why is this automatic? You know, why is this the default decision? Why am I jumping to this conclusion? And am, am I using information here that's right or accurate? Because if it's not, and you're still jumping to the conclusion, then, you know, what are we doing? in, you know, in this segment here because I'm already, getting, I'm 16 minutes and counting here, so I am rambling, <laughs> but um, you know, in the face of you know your white contemporaries segregating themselves from us um, you know, if you choose not to I mean the next step is to look at them and then you know, be honest with yourself about them you know, why are they doing it? And it might lead you to a place where you have a whole different conclusion about them than you used to have. And that's the real hard part. But, you know, Baldwin was right. And I highly recommend listening to him speak, reading some of his stuff, etc. Because there's just rawness and realness to it. That will hit you like a ton of bricks. But it's real. And another thing that's real is this has gone on entirely too long. So we're going to move on to the next subject. All right. um, I have not watched King Richard yet as of the recording of this segment. Um, It's been subject of a good bit of Twitter chatter. And of course, that means things got stupid real fast <laughs> um there were some people who were apparently outraged that the movie gives so much credit to Richard Williams for Venus and Serena's success, and these people either did not know or well they or they didn't care that the Williams sisters were actually like producers on the movie. they were involved in the project, so whatever the finished thing was and however it portrayed the story and all, they were okay with it. And, I mean, Richard Williams was a pretty, I mean, he he was a huge part of them becoming tennis players, right? I mean, and, Look, I mean, he got them into it when they were kids, all right. Like, it wasn't like they came to him when they were twelve or something. He said, "Dad, we want to be tennis players, right? Can you help us?" No, he 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 steered them into it when they were young, very young. So yeah, I mean, he gets credit. He and their mother both get credit, and if he had more to do with it than their mother did then he'll get the bulk of the credit. Now, apparently, some people were more—they wanted, you know, the film to be more about Venus and Serena, and not as much about him. Which, of course, the problem with that is, well, first of all, the, the the movie's called King Richard, right? So, I mean, if it, I mean the title is about him, then it should be about him, right? I mean, I mean, what you know, what are we doing? But there's this, you know, and that has prompted a response from some people that, you know, they're trying, some, that that type of argument, you know, that, that he gets too much credit in the movie, trying to discredit him as a black father. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if the movie is accurate about his role in their careers... Then, and if the William, Venus, and Serena are happy with the way the story was told and the way he was portrayed and the way they were portrayed, then as far as I'm concerned, I think we should all shut up. But, I mean, the reason this became like a thing for a lot of people is because there's a narrative of black men being deadbeat fathers, right? That we don't take care of our children and all that kind of thing. Narrative has been out there for a long time. And there have been plenty of studies to show that's not true. But yet the narrative persists. Because, look, with narratives, things get to a point where people keep pushing it because they want to. Right? And... It is what it is. All we can do is, you know, push back when the opportunities there, you know, show our own efforts, you know. I mean, I talked about my father so much here. Um, well that's part of the reason why. Um And now there's some other things with Richard Williams, because, well, if if you, you know, the, the phrase, not a perfect man, very much applies to him. Um, he definitely has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And... people think he's a crazy man or you you know and all this kind of stuff. Um well the thing is, you know, he took them into a very kind of pristine and snobbish and snooty world, world of tennis. And he was not he is not that guy. He is not polished. He is not snooty and you know all of that kind of thing. And you know, Richard Williams is, you know, he is not that, and he is, like, unapologetically not that. He's, you know, the opposite of that, and he doesn't care that you see it. And that, of course, rubs a lot of people in the wrong way. And also, look, he's, in a lot of ways, a very forceful, domineering kind of parent. All right, um, that rubs people the wrong way. And a forceful, domineering, unpolished, you know, black man, well, now you're just up in the ante, like, way up there. And look, it reminds me of, you know, Dad a lot. A lot of the same things, right? And um you know what? He, he saw a vision. He saw a goal that could be reached by his daughters. And he pushed them and he pushed them until they achieved it. And he protected them. All right. I mean, a lot of the things that he did and said that made people talk about him like he was crazy man were things he did in defense and, and protecting his daughters from us basically and the media and and look, I mean the world of tennis has claimed a lot of people and you know careers have ended short and fallen on hard times earlier you know early because um, of the pressures of being in that sport he wanted he protected them from that a lot of people don't like the fact that he, you know, didn't have them work, you know, a quote-unquote full schedule because he didn't want to burn them out. A lot of people didn't like that. You know, a lot of people didn't like, you know, the careers that they had because, look, they were a walking slap in the face to the entire tennis system, right? the the academies and the camps and the you know the high paid coaches and all this kind of stuff right I mean he coached them <laughs> okay um so them succeeding was just basically you know it was like a big middle finger to that whole system that whole setup and you know what and he doesn't cut the image of what We like to put out there as being a loving father in 2021. Well, not he, he wasn't that image, and when they started, either, right? I mean, and you know, look, the image of loving black father that a lot of people have is like you know, Cliff Huxtable, right, <laughs> or Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince, or you know it's not Richard Williams and it's not men like my father either okay you know those are the kind of men who who, you know love their children and protect their children and have no problem getting them in your face to protect their children have no problem cussing you out to protect their children alright and yet you might come away with that thinking what's wrong with this guy But they were willing to, you know, be looked at that way. And the fact that they didn't care what you think, (laughs) okay. A lot of people don't like that. Like, Like people, when we say, I don't care about this, I don't care about that. But when somebody really doesn't. Oh, it, it, man, it can make you feel some kind of way. (laughs) I mean, you know, when, when, when you can say whatever you think about them and they just like, okay, whatever. I'm still me, though. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it, 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 you know, a lot of people don't like it. It makes you feel some kind of way. So he, Richard Williams made a lot of people feel some kind of way. And so they don't want to see him get, you know, any type of hero treatment now. Right. You know, I mean, they want to very badly lump him in with, you know, Marv Marinovich and, you know, some of the other crazy dads who, you know, over pushed and overworked their kids in sports and, you know, ended up like ruining them. Right. They want to lump him in with those kind of people. And he—it's obvious that he didn't do that, right? I mean, and you know, he's the guy that you know what—he he gets to come sit at your table now, and and he's gonna sit at your table being who he is, and a lot of people don't like that. but that doesn't mean he wasn't right that doesn't mean he didn't succeed and that doesn't mean he didn't love his daughters or he doesn't love his daughters he does obviously and they love him and that they did this project so you know unless unless you got some evidence that some kind of way they weren't cool with this <laughs> then I don't know what to tell you but um and again, Rich not again not a perfect man. He's got things you can criticize him for. You know, I haven't done a deep dive into his whole life or anything, so I don't know. Um, but there's some stuff there, I'm sure. And he should get criticized for that, those things. But as far as his daughter's tennis careers, I mean, give the man his credit. And don't try to diminish that because... He's not the type of person that, that, you know, you like to put out there like that. You know, look, he's not a man you put it on a pedestal. But he is a man you should appreciate. Or he's a man you should give credit for what's been accomplished. You know, that's all there is to it, right? Pedestals are stupid anyway, right? Give people credit for what they do period in the story, and uh, we'll move on. All right, While well, we're on the subject of King Richard. Um, you know, for the past, seems like, a couple of weeks, like, every few days, there's another Will Smith story popping up with him making some admission of something or other. And, you know, a lot of people were like, well, Will, man, you gotta stop. You gotta stop sharing all this, bro. What's going on? And, yeah, you know, after a while, it kind of dawned on me. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. He put a book out. He just put a book out, right? And what's going on is what happens a lot with, like, the clickbait media, right? Is that they get something, somebody writes a big book, and they, you know, in dribs and drabs, you know, write articles about things in the book. So all this stuff is in the book already. Just buy the book and read it all. But these, you know, but these kind of dribs and drabs of, you know, spicy stories. Well, they put them out in, you know, bits and pieces mm-hmm. over the course of weeks. And it's for, you know, looks for clickbait, right? Because, I mean, if they wrote one big story about the whole book, then, you know, they'd get some hits for a while and then it'd be over. But by doing this, you know, they keep getting hits, keep getting hits, keep getting hits. Um, that's the game. As far as... Will sharing all of this stuff, I mean, probably a little more than I would be out here saying. But you know what? Here's the thing, right? When the celebrities, when they close themselves off behind the gated, you know, fortress or whatever, we, you know, chastise them for not being open, for being closed off from society, living in a bubble, all that kind of stuff. Then when they open up, we're like, Really dog, you need to tell us all that? Um first of all, you gotta I mean you gotta say some you gotta tell some of your provocative stories because you are a because you're trying to sell books. I mean that's that. you know, I mean like you can't just have, yeah, I made this movie, it was fun and oh, I had a good time over here, you know. Oh, you know, married life is, you know, ain't perfect, but you know, it is what it is. Right, I mean, that doesn't sell any books. So if you've got some, you know, I don't know the right word is, but you, you've got some provocative, yeah, there we go, provocative things, stories or whatever, then you put them in the book. So, you know, that's fine. And look, you don't have to read it now. If you're on Twitter, then you're tired of getting bombarded with yet another Will Smith, you know, story. You should, but by, by this point, you should just mute his name, and that way, it doesn't. It, you know, they won't show up, or at least, you know, or at least you won't see like tweets that have his name in them. You'll you know, people that quote tweet or screenshot, you know. Bane of my existence on Twitter. People who do that, you'll see those. But at this point, if -hmm. you really don't want to see it, mute his name so you don't see any more of the things that come up. But look, um, celebrities do kind of overshare now. Um, but, well, we're in an oversharing time, right? Um, and, well, it kind of, it, it both helps and hurts them, of course. Um, it <coughs> It gives the impression of a deeper relationship between fans and performers, which... I don't know. I mean it's 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 an illusion basically. But it is kind of a thing that a lot of people, particularly younger people are looking for. Um and at the same time it does kind of take away your that kind of mystique or aura of movie stars, you know, singers, wrestlers, whatever, right? So, it just depends on, you know, what, what it is you want out of it. Um, and you know, if you want the feeling of a closer relationship with performers, then, well, you're going to get <coughs> oversharing. <laughs> And you know, if you want the aura and the mystique, then you know, you gotta stay away from you know, don't follow or you are to mute people who are on Twitter and Instagram a whole lot or whatever who and who are doing the oversharing. Um you know. But either way, I mean look, some of, some of them stories he's putting out there, I'm like, dude, really? But, I mean, they, they live in a different world. They really do. Like, they come into contact with people we don't come into contact with. They are around people all the time who we never see. And they have access to, you know, damn near everything. Right? So, you know, look, whatever kind of crazy sexual thing they may have in their head, they actually get to do. Right? I mean, most of us, you know, um, you, you might get an idea sometimes, but, you know, bringing that idea to fruition is uh, can probably be a bit of a pipe dream, at least in a lot of cases. With them, and yeah, whatever crazy shit they come to, whatever crazy shit they think of, you know, they got a good chance of actually doing it. So, pick your poison. Either, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, like, I'm fine with, you know, if they want to, you know, I'm fine with, you know, put some cool pictures on your Instagram. You know, if there's some story that you, you know that it's just it's gonna be out there, and so you might as well talk about it anyway, and then, then that's cool. Um, but I'm perfectly fine with celebrities. You know, I got this coming out on such and such day. Here's some cool pictures of me with the family. Here's some cool pictures of me on set. Here's some cool pictures of me just you know, looking good in general, Um, right, I'm fine with those, and happy birthday wishes to people, and pictures of you hanging out with your celebrity buddies, and, you know, you want to put some vague inspirational quotes out there, that's fine too, right, I'm perfectly happy with that, um, I don't need, you know, I don't assume that every, I don't hold, you know, to the standard that everybody who's acting or music or wrestling or writing that I like is gonna have the exact same stance on me on every particular issue. Um you know, I'm big boy. I know that look I've looked enough in the voting demographics and things of that nature to know that there are gonna be some folks I'm a fan of who ain't voting the way I vote. Okay? And if they you know, that's one thing, like if they out there at the MAGA rally and all that, then that's then that's gonna be a problem. But if they don't say nothing and they don't bring no politics into what they do and all of that, then I'm not gonna be out here playing detective. Just, you know. But anyway, I mean I don't mind some sharing. Some sharing is good. Or it's fun at least or whatever, right? Because you know, they're celebrities and you know, they play roles and it's Fantasy kind of thing for us, anyway, and you know, so yeah. I mean, look, hey, so celebrities, um, keep it fun when you want to get serious, you know. I mean, then it's up to us to tune out if we don't want to hear or see all of that, or you know. Or give you space to do it if you if we do want to see all that, right? But anyhow, hey, um, whale has had a crazy life, and I, you know, hope that, you know, if he's if there's something out there you're still looking for as far as fulfillment or whatever, hope he gets it. Um, if he's already gotten there and he's just telling the story, then. Congrats for getting there, brother. But anyhow, um, enough of that. (laughs) I I don't think I'm going to be buying the book because um, the the, the things I've seen so far for me it's just way too much information. (laughs) But look, hey, we we always talk about men don't open up and all that. Um, Do what you need to do, brother. Um, I'm just not going to read it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Anyhow, uh, let's move on. All right. So that's it for this week. Um, I do have some things, other things coming in the pipeline. Other than the usual episodes, I figured it'd be, since we're into December, it'd be cool to, you know, tinker around a little bit. So I have a episode, a wrestling themed episode. Uh, that I've recorded with Asia, a Twitter friend of mine, and she's big into women's wrestling, so we had we talked about that for a good bit, and talked about some music also. So I had her on. I will be publishing that over the weekend, um, and then I'm gonna start doing some musical episodes again. And instead of doing my regular episodes with, like, musical interludes or whatever, I'm going to be doing some episodes here or there about albums that, like, are my favorites or that mean a lot to me. I'm going to play a little bit of the songs and, or play a little bit of each song, I should say, and, you know, talk about it know what the song means for me, all that good stuff. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna do a couple of those. Uh first one I'm gonna do is from the Joshua Tree because like U2 is my favorite rock band ever. Um so why not start with them? <laughs> um and then we'll see where it goes from there. But so those will be coming soon. Um and I will keep up with the regular episodes here. I will as always be going on the mindless wrestling podcast with DJ and Jason. I am available to show up on your podcast. If you have a free seat and need a guest, uh, I'm a pretty cheap date as far as that goes. <laughs> um, you know, weddings, bar mitzvahs, whatever, right? I mean, um, Because I found it, I just like to talk, (laughs) which is completely ironic, you know, given how shy I was about that thing, that type of thing when I was younger. But anyhow, um, hope you guys had again great Thanksgiving. Hope Black Friday went okay for you if if you participated. Um, This is Christmas shopping season. Please be safe out there. And other than that. Um. Oh, first two episodes of Hawkeye are really good. Really enjoyed them. I uh, can't wait for next week. Still have not watched Shang Chi or Shang Chi. I, I, my apologies. Look, I, you can you can slap me around for getting that one wrong. I deserve it. Um, Spider Man's on the way. Definitely gonna go see that. And Eternals just not interested. Sorry. But anyhow, um, that's it for this week. Let me get out of here. And look, as always, guys, um, I see COVID numbers going back up in some places. Please do not act like everything is fine. And look, it's flu season anyway, so mask up. I haven't stopped. You shouldn't stop either. Um, Get vaccinated. If you haven't yet, please do. And I'm, I'm due for my booster soon. I'm going to go get it. Um, And as always, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other out there. And God bless you guys. I'll talk to you next week.